Chapter 1 300 Years Later Sharky squinted one-eyed through the thick glass portal. He was searching for scraps of metal, metal that'd be covered in weed by now and colonized by barnacles, so that it looked no different from the rocks around it. But it was here, somewhere, 75 feet below the surface of the sea, and he was determined to find it. Two degrees down, Bubble, he murmured. Two degrees down, aye, sir, cried eleven-year-old Gilly as she turned the brass wheels that tilted the little submersible's diving planes. In the bow, eight-year-old Poddy's hands flew across the control panel, trimming the boat and keeping the direction steady as it sank. Farther off, Gilly's younger brother, Cuttle, braced his bare feet on the metal deck, waiting for orders to change speed. Pipes gurgled, dials twitched. Above the children's heads, the ancestor shrine maintained a silent watch. Ease your bubble, said Sharky. Ease bubble, aye, sir. Gilly turned the wheels the other way. Outside the portal, the green light that filtered down from above touched thick strands of kelp and a school of codlings. The throb of the claw's propeller was like the beating of Sharky's heart. He straightened his eye patch and sang the last part of an old sunker charm under his breath. Below to find, below to bind. It must have worked, because almost straight away he saw something out of the corner of his undamaged eye. Starboard twenty, he said. Starboard twenty, aye, sir, cried Poddy, and the claw began to turn. When they were on the desired heading, Sharky said, Midships. Midships, aye, sir. All stop. All stop, aye, sir. And Cuttle threw himself at the motor switches. Gilly came forward, ducking past the periscope housing and wriggling around the chart table. Have you found something, sir? Sharky wasn't sure, not really, but he always sounded confident, even when he had no idea what he was doing. Aye. There, where the kelp's thickest he said. Young Poddy hooked her toe under the control panel and leaned back on her stool. Admiral Deeps thought you'd be able to find it, sir, and she was right. Course she was, said Sharky, hoping that the strange-looking bit of rock really was scrap metal from the giant submersible Resolute, which had broken up somewhere near here 93 years ago. Has he found the boxes? called Cuttle. Not yet said Gilly. But he will. She bobbed her head in the direction of the ancestor shrine. Thank you, great-grandma Lin-Lin. Thank you, great-grandpa Cray. For the rest of the morning, the claw cruised back and forth through the ropey kelp, while Sharky stared out the portal, half dizzy with concentration. At the end of the forenoon watch, Gilly struck the bell eight times. Ting-ting, 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 Ting ting. It's midday, sir. We'll do back on the rampart soon. Hmm, said Sharky. I want to find at least one of the boxes before we go. From the helm, Poddy said, You could ask Lin Lin and Admiral Cray where they are, sir. Sharky said nothing. His fellow sunkers venerated their dead ancestors but at the same time they seemed to think that the spirits were like some sort of boat crew, and all he had to do was whistle and they'd come running.
Poddy glanced out the helm portal. Look, sir, there's a dolphin. Maybe it's the spirit of Lin Lin. Maybe she's going to show you the boxes. Sharky sighed in a long-suffering sort of way. Lin Lin talks to me when it suits her, Poddy. So does First Admiral Cray. The younger children bobbed their heads respectfully. And that is just an ordinary dolphin. Oh, said Poddy, disappointed. The dolphin swam idly away from them, and Sharky watched it go. His eye flickered downwards. There was something... There, he said. Port full rudder. Port full rudder. Aye, sir. Poddy's small hands brought the claw round as smooth as sea silk. All stop. All stop. Aye, sir.